What's going on, ladies and gents? Now we're here for T3G. Welcome to another Tangents podcast, special episode series called Panels on Pages. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be permanent or if this is just going to be kind of a short-lived thing. Short and short is a relative term. I mean, I only have so many books to go through, uh, but who knows? Maybe it'll evolve into something else. I'm, I'm making some phone calls. Let's just say that. Thank you for joining us, those listening and watching in the future. This was recorded live on caffeine.tv slash T3G Media. Make sure you're, you join us on Wednesdays for the live conversation. And uh, today we're going to be talking about two books. One kind of a standard-sized uh, graphic novel called Abiding Permission, Perdition. <laughs> Abiding Perdition. Uh, and uh, it's a pretty good read, honestly, overall. And then another one called A Bit of Madness. This is, you see, it's bigger than my head. Uh, but it is uh, a fan fantasy book uh, from the UK, I believe. So first, let's talk about abiding permission. Per I keep saying permission, perdition, abiding perdition. So I, I wanted to share this va variant coverage. A lot of these, a lot of these books like this, come out as individual issues, and uh, they they have a ton of different covers often, and and in many situations will have. Uh, specific variant covers that are intended for specific markets. Uh, I, I can't say which market this was intended for, but it's uh, our heroine uh, just kind of um, posing in one of those uh, boobs and butt out <laughs> positions uh, for the camera kind of thing. Uh, but this is the cover of the book that I have. I actually prefer it. It's it's much more action-packed. It There's there's a dude with an axe. She's got a giant sword. There's the wolves in the background. Uh, she's clearly, I think, meant to be an analog of Little Red Riding Hood. I think in a lot of ways, this whole story is meant to be an analog of Little Red Riding Hood. And um, I think it, it really does kind of play out that way. It's not quite quite the same story, but uh, the same kind of elements. You have, you have your uh, girl who, you know, she's hanging out with her grandma. They go out into... They go out into the in the forest. Uh, they're, they're, they're they were out like caring for a underprivileged uh, village, um, kind of a distant village, and they went out and like, oh, I heard about these crazy stories, blah blah. blah. And Grandma's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool, everything's fine. They get caught up on the road. Grandma gets skewered. Uh, you don't see it, but you see after effects. There is definitely blood on the ground. And uh, the, the coachman also gets it. <laughs> but the little girl, quick backhand with the, with the lamp, injures one of the wolves. He says, run, run, little girl. Somehow, against all odds, she does not get eaten. <laughs> because she's just a little girl. Uh, but against all odds, because she's the uh, protagonist, she does not get eaten. And uh, to that end, finds this beautiful lively tree in the middle of this really dark, shadowy forest. Again, just a child, doesn't ask the logistics of why there is one bright spot in a dark forest. Uh, he's later caught up with by the wolves, and then the... Uh, what, what, was it, what was he in the, in the original story? Uh, woodsman. He was the woodsman. Uh, you know, he's got an axe, so close, similar story. He saves her from the wolf. He then raises her as his own, 
and you find out she's been telling the story to some children. And they're like, but, but what's the big deal? Like, he, he killed the Grey, which is the, the, the big beast. It's like, no, you're wrong. Did not kill the Grey. I am going to go kill the Grey. And what I think is one of the best moments in this book, he says, all right, all right, you're going to go. I can't stop you. You're my daughter. I got to protect you. Um, so here's the sword. Here's this giant sword that is literally as big as your body. And uh, you're going to take that. And I'm going to come with you. And they, they have their, I think there's a lot of uh, reference to uh, Norse mythology in this. Um, the <laughs> the prayer they say is to Woden, W-O-D-E-N. Uh, now I know there are different interpretations of the the old Norse uh, deities, so that that could just be one of them. I, I don't know enough about the the various interpretations. I just know I just know him as Odin, but that's ad admittedly painted by the fact that I read a lot of Marvel comics. <laughs> Take a sip of my delicious hazelnut chocolate coffee. <laughs> hazelnut chocolate, then a little bit of coffee. Yes, I do like that each issue has uh, has its own kind of stack of different covers, and it shows you at the beginning here. Uh, this one had the sexy hero cover, the confused in a negligee hero cover, <laughs> the villain covers. Um, oh, that's the next issue. I'm sorry. So I guess it's only two, two covers per issue. Uh, what I also think is interesting, and this is kind of like where a lot of uh, comic book stuff, especially on the indie level, gets very interesting. As far as the publishing, the the digital copy that I have here is from Marcosia, uh, which I have never heard of. Uh, but looking at the book, it says 1821 Comics and Arcana Studio. I say Arcana. I think it may be Arcana. I like Arcana better. It sounds better. Um, and I don't see any mention of Marcosia. So Marcosia might have been maybe like the initial name of 1821. 1821 was like a big company now too. They're, they're dealing with a lot of stuff. They were uh, just... <sighs> Jane Got a Gun. Jane Got a Gun was a movie with Natalie Portman that I, I admittedly have not seen. Uh, but they were involved in it. They either produced the whole thing or I, I'm not sure exactly how they were involved. But 1821 Media is kind of doing a bunch of stuff. They're doing, they're doing a lot of things. So 1821 Comics is like just like a little little piece of that. And it's, I can't lie, I'm um, definitely, that's that's the direction I want to go in with, with our company. So it's very interesting to me as far as that. And uh, I, I'm very, I'd be interested to reach out to them, honestly. I think uh, it'd be interesting to have, uh, you know, some of the, the people in charge on the uh, Thursday show, which if you're if you're new, make sure you check out the Thursday show on caffeine.tv slash T3G Media. Uh, and that is going to be our passion as a business show. And of course, that can also be caught after the fact on uh, the T3G Tangents YouTube channel uh, to, to re-watch. Or if you are a podcast listener, it'll be on next. It'll be the next episode that comes out after this one. <laughs> So the next morning is like, hey, awake, let's go, which I thought was interesting because they, they did this prayer because it felt like they were like, let's go now. Like, we did this prayer, let's go. And it's like, eh, no, we, we slept, we slept, we, you know, do it in the morning. <laughs> so 
They're like, yo, this crazy ship. And he's like, so listen, this is exactly what happened. Turns out the Grey came to his village, killed his wife and child, I think? Uh, oh, he just took his wife. Okay. Um, him and his brother went out, tried to kill the Grey. The Grey killed his brother. And he got, apparently, the Helm of, Wod the Helm of Woden, which, uh, which was ridiculous. Uh, I, Sloja of Himalayan Skida. The Veil of Heaven's Defender. My question is, why wasn't his brother wearing it during the fight? Where was he keeping it? <laughs> like, ah, oh, take take this helmet that will grant you ridiculous power. I wasn't wearing it because I'm too cool for that stuff. <laughs> so they go they go to the mountains, they slice the head off. She slices, she's like, I ain't got no time for this. She cuts the head off this uh, giant. And he's like, what did, what did you, what, what, why are you killing dudes? And she's like, I'm protecting us. Like, for what? Two idiots? These guys did nothing, there's no idea what's going on. They were like uh, bridge trolls. And we kind of passed by that, but it was just a, a worthy note in the story because it shows her kind of growing rage. And through the book, you find out that essentially her her story is that... Oh, there's the sexy villain cover. Jeez. It's like it's so unnecessary. Like, granted, she's, like, dressed scantily in the book. It's not, like, a sexy thing. It's just that's how she's dressed. It's just, like, she's the, the kind of semi-evil witch. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting book. The art is very... It's very cartoony. It reminded me initially, every time I look at the book, I'm like, oh, it's, um, oh, no, I can't think of his name. He was just at C2E2. Uh, he did, he did Crimson for Cross, for, what up, Big Smoke? Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm going to have to look him up. Um, he did Crimson comic book. Um, it was Umberto Ramos. Yes. I always think his art is very similar. It's very, there's a lot of edges. There's a lot of uh, sharp lines uh, when normally you would expect uh, curves. So like in human human form, he does, he does a lot of straight lines and, and cut edges. So that actually gives it kind of its own unique flavor. It, ha it takes, it, I would say it's probably considered to be um, fusion. Like a fusion style, so it's 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 a good story. It's like a good, interesting take. I think this is probably the best cover. This is a really cool cover. She's just kind of like ready to fight. I also like that it's kind of an unfinished cover. It looks it looks like it was like sketched out. And they were like, "It's, it's we we gotta go. We send it to the inker, put some colors on it. It'll be fine." I'm pretty sure I'm seeing some like guidelines. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's a, it's an interesting take on uh, the like Red Riding Hood story. Um, it's like, what if Red Riding Hood grew up and became a badass with a giant sword? That's kind of what it is. <laughs> Overall, it's a good read. It's not. It's not quite plainly obvious where it's going, 
it kind of brings up and this, I don't want to say this is not atypical of the medium. I think comic books kind of does this a lot. It brings up plot device characters. <laughs> like, this dude, it was just like, oh. It, 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 you know what? It, it plays a lot like an RPG as well as, like, it also kind of fitting into the comic book format. So it's like, they go to the witch. The witch is like, you got to go to this thing. This thing, it's like... You, you, it's like all these quests. It's a, it's a what, what is it called? A quest chain. It's a quest chain. The whole thing is a quest chain. So it feels like the writer may be an RPG game fan, because you just you find all these things and kind of end up where you started. So it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting setup. But it, it's it's good. I like it. I, I I don't know. It's an entertaining read for sure. There's there's some. Betrayal, the crazy old witch is like, yo, this is the thing. There's a big giant demon thing. There's a girl who's just kind of wrapped up in bandages. Not really sure. I've read it several times at this point. I still don't know what that girl's doing there. <laughs> I think she ends up just being the thing that kills him. Yep. Yep. She's dead. Yeah, she dies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very... Oh no, she's she ends up being part demon or whatever. She takes she takes the curse onto herself. That's what it is. It, yeah, it's 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 an interesting and it's like the end is like question mark. Yeah, no, it, it was the end. It was definitely the end. Uh, this was not going to continue on because uh, stories like this are usually very very short lived. Now the next the next book we're going to be discussing is called A Bit of Madness. Uh, it is Emmanuel Civiello's. I think I pronounced that properly. A bit of madness. Um, it's very much high fantasy in like every sense of the word. In absolutely every sense of the word. I love like the book. The book feels like a tome. It is literally bigger than my head. It feels like you're about to go on a journey. Like it feels like you're about to. This was hardcover. This would just like accentuate that experience. I would. I'm curious now. I wonder if there is a hardcover because that's something I would like to have. Let's see. Amazon.com. A bit of madness hardcover. For some reason, it's still typing. It's still like catching up to my actual typing. Mm, nope, nope. Bummer. That would be really cool because it's it. Like I said, it has this feel of a very Tolkien-esque magical journey. It's very every single panel, every single every single scene is set. Sounds like CSC computers type something. It shows up ten minutes later. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was uh, it was Edge. Um, it, it, every single scene is really put together right. The painting is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Like it, it's the tones are always perfect for the scene. There, it just it's so really, really, really well done. It, it follows the story of Iguk. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Iguk is a troll, I think. Iguk Puchwuk. This is the great thing about about fantasy. Like the names make no sense. Like who came up with these names? Um, basically, the entire 
fairy kingdom gets a summons from the queen. Uh, or at least that's what it felt like. When you're reading it, it's like, blah, blah, blah. The queen is calling us. We need to go. They're like, why? Don't ask questions. The queen's asking to go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> you catch these little glimpses of like the the demons at the at the walls of the city kind of thing, uh, and they come through pretty much kill everybody. Yeah, come through pretty much kill everybody, and then it's like, oh, it's goblins. That's what it is. And <laughs> I love it's just it's they're drawn so like goblin. I've never seen goblins drawn this grotesquely. It, it, it's so... It, they're gross. They're just gross. But kind of everything is. There's nothing... Except for, like, a couple things. I think the queen is drawn purposely very beautiful. Uh, very radiant. Lots of light around her. But I think everyone else is very much these, like... Kind of gross, mushy things. Like, the, the dwarves, the I mean, even this thing, this thing's a pixie, and it looks kind of creepy and a little scary. Yeah, it, it's it's just very, I don't know, the art is really good, really good. It, it, you, could, you could just peruse this for the art and not read it. So, I, I think this, this book by itself, to me, has so much value. I've done just that. I have perused it just for the art just to see kind of how things are put together. It's, man, it's so heavy too. Like it's, it's just, it's an experience. It's not just a story. Um, that goblin one looks like it could smell your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a, um, uh, I think it's a, yeah, so okay, those are the trolls. And this is like a, a, a dwarf troll, basically. Uh, they're like, no, no, no. I'm I'm like an outcast. Nobody likes me. I'm a small troll. <laughs> like trolls are supposed to be giant things and you know and and evil and they're like, no, no, you're evil. You're like, no, I'm I'm like a deformed baby troll. Nobody likes me. <laughs> so like you you bring along the reject. You know, the, the the fellowship forms as it were. So they're on this journey uh, to go to the queen. They get separated. Uh, and I think that's meant, is that meant to be the queen, actually? Yeah, I think that was meant to be her kind of, like, guiding the way. You can see, like, the way it's drawn. Everything's been very dark, and she's just this beautiful, bright thing. And then eventually, he meets the human witch. And she is gross. She's, like, cl classic, gigantic witch nose. She's got no chin. It's very creepy. She kind of looks like the blob. Kind of looks like, um, oh, what's his face from Star Wars? <laughs> oh, I was reading his name. Jabba the Hutt. There it is. So, yeah, everything's gross. And then it's like, oh, let's go see the queen. And here's all this bad stuff that's happening. She tells him, the, the, the witch tells him, like, here's all this bad stuff that's happening. You know, we got to go. You gotta get your mission. Right, here's where we, here's where we come in. What is this? I always forget that. For some reason, I guess this came out as a uh, individual book series as well. 
so again, another situation where here it is. Like when the queen tells him, and it's this like scroll situation, these like individual scenes that kind of break down what's happening, what needs to be done. I just, it just really truly enamored with this book. It's it's so ridiculously well done. Um, you know, the the queen gives him this kind of psychic message, really, of like, hey, this is what needs to happen, and then it's like, boom, you you can go now, you go do the thing, and it's like, oh, now it's winter outside, and they they insinuate at least that the queen has control over the landscape in that she she can affect how it looks so the fact that it's cold this is her like despair and dread so it's very very cool they go into one of the giants the predecessors of the not trolls what are they i always forget what these guys are anyway these giants were turned by the gods into the things that Ego gets. Uh, and that's why the, the witch is like, oh, the, that's, that's, yeah, we're going to, oh, that's you know, one of your predecessors. It's, one, it's your great, great, great grandpa. <laughs> so we're just going to hop into him real quick. Turns out he's a gate to like the underworld. But so like this scene right here is perfect. This reminds me of, uh, I was J.H. Williams did a Mobius strip in, a, an issue of Promethea and it was the craziest thing to read especially physically because you had to turn the book because the text even got turned upside down um, so it was really really interesting like hard to follow and that's why this is very interesting because you could you could see at the top of the page although I feel like this could have been like I was looking at the page when I was reading it I'm like man these two like individual panels that kind of stick out from it could have been worked in somehow at least I feel because it feels like they feel out of place and it feels like here's this thing and that's the whole entire middle, the whole entire page is this one main thing where they're having this conversation as they're going further down and you see them at these various levels. Like you see them up top right after he gets scared, they round a corner, they're still talking and like you see where the little light is. So that's how it kind of follows you along this curvy path down the page and I just think it's very interesting I love when artists do something like this where they turn the whole thing into one big piece and turn it into kind of its own storytelling element and I think it's very very cool as you see it the color even shifts as you go deeper it, it becomes more barren like I I really really love this page um, um, oh yeah the, the, the spider shows up and the witch is like, no, 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 I got this. She, like, boils the spider and then throws it off a cliff. And I was like, that's kind of cold. Like, you... And she, like, takes pleasure in it. She's got, she's got like, a ha! kind of a creepy smile. And it's like, I hate spiders. <laughs> like, yeah, you took pleasure in that. Like, a lot of pleasure in that. That's kind of weird. A little uncomfortable, you know. They meet, uh... They, from the from the clutches of the spider, they save a um, a rat, I guess, rat or mouse. No, no, no. He's a wow. What are those things called? What are those things called? I just realized it. I just realized it. Um, uh, mole, not mole. The things that like live in the ground. 
have the weird long noses. I always forget. Anyway, I thought it was a rat, but I just realized it's not. He's like, no, 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 I can totally get you where you need to go. Uh, we just need to use this ridiculous submarine that I created. Which, to me, I'm like, this kind of came out of nowhere. Everything's been very much like fantasy. And now this guy's like, I got a submarine. It's cool. No worries. Um, gets them down to where they need to go. They face the keeper. They find they're, they're tempted to essentially turn their back on their quest. Uh, they survive. Turns out the guy, the guy we've been following, is just really kind of a, just a horn dog. The, uh, the 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 non-rat. I always forget his name. He's uh, he's looking for money. His 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 fantasy that he's tempted by is is rich riches. The witch is like books. All the knowledge can be mine. And our hero leans on the statue. He's like, oh, what am I gonna do?" And then it's like the statue turns into this like <laughs> very uh, voluptuous female form. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to not do that. And then it turns out it's not that. It's totally not that. He's trying to kill him. And he's like, no, it's trying to kill you. Get off me. And then he pulls them out. And they're like, how could you? I was rich. <laughs> like. They find, oh, that's what they, they were going for the oracle. They're trying to find the oracle. They find the oracle, and he's like, yeah, I'm the oracle. Here's the information you're seeking. And the freaking rat, he's like, this oracle's got this crazy jewel eye. And he's like, are you marsupial? That's what it is, marsupial. Field mouse. Blind field mouse. There it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like telling him the story. And he's like, get off of me. You would dare. <laughs> and and it just de it just de-escalates from there. The field mouse loses its tail. They get separated. I think the field mouse turns into a rat at that point. That's why I kept saying rat. Um, then they're like, oh, the irony. Anyway, they, they get out. And then they're like, yo, there's this tree. There's a book on it. And they're like, all these crows show up and they kind of swarm the tree and morph into this Moridwen who is on the cover. And I always thought was like the hero at the very least or a hero. Nope. Nope. Definitely evil goddess of the crows. <laughs> uh, working for the like the bad guy fights them, tries to stop them. The witch puts her in, like, eternal combat, basically, just so he can get away and resolve what's going on. And it, it just kind of, like, ramps up from there. It gets fast, but then you get to the last book, and this is where it gets weird. Prior to this, it's all been told from the, from the position and the point of view of these characters. And this is why I think this is such a great book, because it... It turns out the story is being told on three different levels. It was very, very hard for me to grasp the first couple times I read it. So the first thing you see is the far outside level. The human world. Our world. Two dudes playing chess and he's like, ah, they're kind of talking about the story as if it were 
the character, like as if the chess pieces were the bo the the characters. And I thought that was weird, but we continue. And then while they're doing that, we then zoom in kind of one level to where they are the kings within the world. So the one the 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 old dying guy is the the fairy king. The other dude is the former fairy king Oberon. And they're literally you can see like the characters are the chess pieces. They're literally moving the chess pieces to try to either destroy or save fairy the land. And so here's the, the good king. And it's just very interesting. Like at this level, when it gets all weird and meta within itself, it's super strange. So like you had these, you know, kind of tense moments before, but now it's like, now that you know, it's an actual chess game. And it, so it turns out turns while you like, while you're reading this last issue, you find out that uh, the fairy queen, when the, what they call it? The unique God. They call it the unique God. When the unique God showed up, he was kind of choking out the, the fairy, the, the gods of old, the, the fairies, the mythology, mythological creatures to try to save them. Oberon's wife, the queen of the fairy took a male lover and gave him the heart of fairy. Merlin. Didn't see that coming, did you? Didn't see it coming. Now it's been eons and Merlin's getting old, he's getting tired, and Oberon got pissed, became the bad guy. Like he his wife left him, took a different lover. You know, what are you gonna do? You gotta turn evil and kill everything. That's <laughs> what you do. I mean, that's it's in the handbook, I'm pretty sure. He so then this, this whole last thing is just playing chess. They're they're attacking. I don't know why the Keebler elves show up. Um, it's very interesting to me. Like this random bit of I don't want to call it humor, but it's not good. Um, however, it may just not be good to me. Again, this book is, I believe, from the UK, and humor in the UK is a bit different. So this may just be UK humor. This may this scene may just fly there may just fly. <laughs> it, uh, it, it continues. We find the queen. And again, the, the visuals change. Everything's been ugly. Um, even the, even these like Keebler elves are just grotesque. Just creepy. Like the only things that are even reasonably, like even old king, even the old king, he's just like this grand, he's drawn way more, visually appealing and human but even the even the like macro like the far out merlin and oberon are drawn kind of gross like merlin's clearly in his last days oberon's this creepy i will kill you and your whole family kind of guy so then when we get to the when we get to the queen again she's very bright very very beautiful i i'm just really enamored with the art style of this book we we continue. It essentially turns into a lover's spat at this point. Like you you left me for for a non fairy. How could you? And it just 
he's basically saying, like, I had no choice. And he kills Merlin within the world. And then Merlin dies. And it's checkmate. And it's just this, like, or is dying. This, this epitaph where in his dying words, Merlin's like, listen, listen, you can have my soul. I will give you my soul. If you just give me the last bit of fairy, the last bit of the heart of fairy. He says, you would exchange your soul for this wild bit of madness. Which is really cool, because I didn't know, like, like, really, like, just last scene, title of the book kind of thing. <laughs> he says, well, if that's what you want, it's your choice. Sign this pact with your blood. He dies holding the heart, the last little, like, little shard of the crystal. And, he's, and, and here's like the summary of the whole thing. It says, at the dawn of the 12th century, Christianity spread throughout the whole of Europe, progressively erasing any form of polytheism. Little by little, the ancient creeds disappeared. Fairy was disappearing and doomed to be forgotten forever. In the depths of the forest of... I cannot pronounce this. Broliand. I'm sure I butchered that. A particular game of chess was being played, the outcome being that Merlin... The Enchanter gave up his soul to a demon. In exchange, the marvelous Magus acquired from him, from his dark adversary, a powerful relic of fairy. In this manner, it is in this manner, we were able to keep our ability to be dreamed of, and we have continued to bloom in the fertile garden of man's heart as, as a precious bit of madness. Freaking awesome! Like, it's just, I love just the book is so, and this last page is this like, kind of all the little different versions of stuff, and this the like fairy stories and, and weird mushroom creatures and all these like little things people think of, and when, when they tell these stories, I absolutely, absolutely love this book. It's it's one of those things like it's kind of, ugh, it's kind of difficult to manage. Like it's a lot. I mean, I got big hands, so like it's easier for me. But like I've always found that large books like this are harder to read when they are physically not the same as kind of the, the standard comic book format because they're just harder to manage physically. So it, it, you just end up not reading them as often. I've maybe now read this particular book four times, whereas I have some graphic novels that I've read read twenty times, just because. A, I've had them long, but B, it's just easier to pick up, easier to pick up, easier to flip through, and you know this giant thing. I have one book that's that'll be coming up probably in a couple weeks that I've never read. It'll be the first, like me explaining it and talking about it on the broadcast will be the first time I have ever discussed it because I've never read it because it's this thing. It's they call it widescreen format, but it is as big as like a twenty-four inch monitor, widthwise, like it's huge. So it's not something where I can just like sit down and flip it open while I'm in a, in a on a on a couch or in a chair. Like I'm gonna need desk space and like poof, I need to I need to flip it open and just have space just to read it. Let alone like 
reread it multiple times. So I think that's going to be that's going to be a fun one for next week to to get into. Big Smoke, do you have any questions for me? I appreciate you being here. You are the only person here. This week seems to have not been a popular week. Or it's a busy week. Just hanging out until work. Well, I appreciate you hanging out. That's going to be it for this one. Just, just under an hour. This is a very, very quick one. But I think last week's bonus episode makes up for that. We had uh, quite a bit of fun last week. And I'm actually looking... Looking, I'm gonna flash it on screen real quick, but I'm looking to bring in another creator. I wanna, I wanna do more in talking to the actual creators to get more out of these discussions. Uh, I'm gonna flash this on screen real quick. <laughs> it's called Acts of Contrition. Uh, it is from Insane Comics, uh, which is a local comic book publisher in the Chicago suburbs. I've seen them around for years. I've I've got a relationship with them, so I'm sure I can get a hold of the writer or artist or both, and uh, and get a hold of uh, a better set up a better conversation, uh, deeper conversation about the material. That's me for this one. Thank you, those in the future, for watching or listening. Make sure you guys check out the actual broadcast, live broadcast on caffeine.tv/t3gmedia every week on Wednesday, Thursday. Of course, we have our pop. <laughs> Passion as a business <laughs> broadcast, uh, which is another live show. But if you are listening in the future, if you are watching in the future, that will be following this episode as the next episode of the Tangents Podcast. Thank you very much for hanging out. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will see you in the next one.